Welcome to episode 282 of the Whatnots Review Show, where every week we pick a story and we talk about it. This could be a movie, TV series, anime, manga, comic book, audio drama, all kinds of entertainment. We watch it, read it, listen to it, and then we come back here and talk about it. My name is Melissa Wilkinson, and I am joined, as always, by Kyle Springer. <coughs> I have the black lung, Melissa. <laughs> <coughs> <laughs> I man, I am happy to be be here. I have been very sick this past week. Um, thankfully, I'm on the mend. I'm not fully back. Better yet, it's kind of lingering a little bit. Um, so you guys might hear me cough a little bit or start to wheeze. Uh, but hope hopefully I can like shut my mic off before I actually cough, so it won't be on the recording. All that good stuff. Uh, professional yeah but that's been my week just like did bedridden couch ridden watching oh, all no. kinds of television shows uh i am here to inform you all that after party season two is phenomenal i'm midway oh, through it it is funnier than the first season mm. might be better in general it's real good i like it nice so, yeah Catching up on some some shows and stuff. What have you been up to, Melissa? I I guess you've been too sick to go to the movies, so you didn't get yeah. to see our friend Godzilla yet. I didn't. I had tickets for last Friday, oh. and that was like the worst night where I was just like, Oof. I feel I feel terrible. Um, so yeah, haven't. But but I've heard great things. I'm assuming it's, you saw it. I, yes. So I also had heard great, but not specific things. Just it's very good, extremely high ratings. And I was thinking, oh, this must be cool. It's it is cool, but I did not expect how moving this film would be. I did mm. not expect the level of capital P pathos in Godzilla minus one. Mm, good. I'm glad I cannot wait. Um there's lots of good Godzilla content happening right now. Good synergy, as they say in the corporate world, right? Yeah. We've Anyways. got our own synergy because we're here to talk about another famous green character. Yeah, indeed. Uh, the greenest I, of all. Yeah, not Hulk. Um, <laughs> we are here to talk about the mask. Melissa, you are holding up the DVD of The Mask. <laughs> Truly a DVD. This is one of those cardboard boys with the little yes. plastic lip. For the audience, let me describe the DVD to you. This is part <laughs> of New Line's Platinum series. I bought this on discount for $4. Uh, on the front cover, it's that picture of the mask from the poster with the hat over his eyes. Jim Carrey is the mask from Zero to Hero. And his dog Milo is on the cover with a thought bubble over his head. And his thought bubble, he's thinking, in quotes, fantastic fun. I'm and glad he really thinks his own movie is fun. <laughs> it's, and then uh, there's an asterisk after it. And on the back cover, the asterisk leads to a very, very small piece of text that uh, attributes this to Pia Lindstrom WNBC TV. So he is thinking in the thoughts of critic Pia Lindstrom. Fantastic now, fun. Is Pia Lindstrom 
somehow is, is this a meta commentary on the media it what's what how, how does that relate to the dog's role in the film i don't know <laughs> <laughs> let me read you the synopsis from the back of the dvd please jim carrey parentheses liar liar dumb and dumber Stars as mild-mannered bank clerk Stanley Ipkiss, who discovers a mysterious ancient mask that brings his innermost desires to wild, screaming life. Now, together with Cameron Diaz, parentheses, a life less ordinary, my best friend's wedding, and his sidekick Milo, does not specify that Milo is the dog you see on the front cover. Just the sidekick. This, why... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this wisecracking green tornado is taking Edge City over the top, but not taking Edge City over the edge, which feels like a given. In this romantic action comedy that will leave you, capital S, smoking. And then there's a picture of the mask, and the mask also has a thought bubble over his head, and oh, no. his thought bubble says, interactive menus. <laughs> Yes, just what I wanted in my DVD. I love a DVD that's so proud to be a DVD. Because, like, have you heard of DVDs? Do you know what they can do? This promised uh, both widescreen and regular full-frame versions of the film. But Mm. I could not get to that in the menu. I could not find where it was. And I don't know if old remotes had a button that you could just click to switch between the two, but new remotes do not have those. Is it the kind where you can flip the DVD? Oh my God, is that One is on one side and one's on the other. What does the disc look like? Like, is there anything printed on it? Yeah, it's it's one of those. I've not seen one of these in so long. I forgot that was an option. I had to watch The Mask in like a box on my (laughs) TV. So like, I guess I put it in on the full screen side Mm -hmm. and it knew it was too low resolution to fill up my. Oh, so it was like like extra small. Right. So it's like I'm looking through a tunnel. Oh, no. But I, I don't know. It didn't feel wrong. I don't think there's any wrong way to watch The Mask. Right, yeah. Um, man, this movie, I tried to describe what my recollection of this movie was last week when, when, I, when I picked it. I, I didn't really pick pick this you gave me an option of a red movie or a green movie and i picked green yeah uh and it happened and i'm to like be you know that one jim carrey movie where he's green that you watch around christmas time we're not watching that one we're watching the mask indeed yeah my i don't i don't have a memory of myself watching this movie at any point in time but i know i've seen it you must I, have you're I, yeah, alive i i, I <laughs> does if i hadn't does that mean i wouldn't be alive what is that i don't know uh, it's, it's, you it's part of like the presidential physical fitness exam like right? it's that ingrained in 90s check? children 
Do um, a sit and reach. <laughs> Watch the mass. Flexed Jack, arm hang is up next. Um, you're a real it, 90s kid now. Yeah, no. Uh, like, I, I know I've seen this and I, I, I could quote it like I knew all of the smoking. Like, I, I knew all of that stuff. I, I knew that he had a dog. I, I knew that there was that whole, like, bank scene where the guy, like, keeps having to it's like i can help you and they just go to St- stanley yeah. kiss instead like i i remember so much of it but i don't have a like a specific memory right. of ever consuming this movie <laughs> like you don't remember like where you were or who you were it, with it's it's like when when you bought your first ipod and and the, 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 and there was just a youtube album already on there and it was just like <laughs> wait what i didn't buy this you came, you came pre-installed with the mask yeah 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 absolutely <laughs> <laughs> now i we were a mask household we we had this on vhs uh, this is why I bought like the cheap $4 DVD mm. at a local used video store. Cause I'm like, well, I can no okay. longer, I don't have a VCR anymore, but I must have a mask in my life. I need my those brother interactive and I watch this menus. A lot, and I, when I think back to VHS tapes, I had as a child, because my parents weren't the sort mm-hmm. to just like collect everything. Like, Oh, we'll just like automatically if we see the new Disney movie in a store, we'll buy it for the kids. Like we didn't have everything. And in my adult mind, I look back on my childhood and I'm like, why did we have like one thing and not another thing? Why are we in an Aladdin house and not a Little Mermaid house? And I'm like, I know we had the mask because my dad liked the soundtrack. This is Melissa's dad music. The Royal Crown Review that was popular in the house stuff adjacent to it, like a, a tower of power. He, this was the first time I heard a song in a movie that I hadn't heard before. And my dad just already had it on it. Like the original CD that it came on. Like, I'm like, mm. it doesn't exist exclusively within the mask. He's like, no, like a band did it like years ago. I like that band. And so we, we would just make him play Hey Pachuco for us as children. Good stuff. That's so wild that we have such like different like histories with this movie. It's interesting. Um, I am excited to talk about it. I as soon as I turned this on, as soon as the music starts, I had such an immediate, like, deep emotional reaction to it. It called go. to me. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, I I enjoyed rewatching this. Um, it's a pretty straightforward, simple movie. Um, <laughs> man uh, meets mask. Yeah. Man puts on mask. <laughs> man does things with mask. Uh, <laughs> man takes mask off the end um <laughs> i mean but it, it is it's it's a pretty straight like straightforward forward movie it doesn't really overstay its welcome it feels very much like a 90s movie um mm-hmm. i i also don't think at this like i remember this being funnier too uh 
and I I didn't find it as funny as I thought I was going to. I still mm-hmm. laughed and had a great t- time. I, th- I thought it was funny, but uh, not, not as much as I was expecting. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I think there's some interesting choices. I think there's some interesting things that could have uh, they could have dove into. I guess I'm also not familiar with the source material. I know it's based off it some based comics. Uh, I think it's a Dark Horse comic. Doesn't that put it in the same correct. world as our yes. friend Hellboy? As Hellboy, yeah. Um, same publisher, not necessarily the same universe, but yes. Um, <laughs> I so You can imagine a spooky old wooden mask that once belonged to the no- oh, Norse demigod oh, sure. Loki would show up in the world of Hellboy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but Stanley Ipkiss would not. R- right, no. Um, but it like it, it it's interesting, though, that it's it's a dark horse comic. And yet this movie, what it re- references the most is like Looney Tunes and like cartoon, mm-hmm. like Warner B- Brothers style ca- cartoons. Um, and I, I just thought that that was interesting. And I was tr- 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 trying to figure out what if anything, the movie had to say on that connection um, <laughs> because it it seems to be a mask that grants its its wearers like deepest desires or dreams. Mm. It's not entirely clear, but it, it manifests itself differently depending on who's yeah. wearing the mask. Uh, and. Jim Carrey's character, Stanley Ipkiss, is always just trying to escape into these cartoons. He doesn't like his landlord. He has kind of a dead-end job. He's a no-buddy. He he works at a a bank. I I think there's a guy above him who's like the... CEO's son in that sure, regard yeah. he is a dead mm-hmm. end job but like he works with a friend he it's mostly in terms of his relationships that he feels like his life is at a dead end uh he's a real sweetheart and like kind of a pushover yeah and there are like one of the things we see early he is on the in the classic movie is, nice guy as I, it I, comes I, up in the movie not in the way that we use it today i think he sincerely is like one of the first things we see him do is he buys these concert tickets these like really exclusive concert tickets uh for a female co-worker he is friendly with he's like yeah i'm looking forward to going to the show with you and she's like oh my friend is in town she really wants to go can you get a third ticket and he's like oh no like i took everything i could get you know to get these two tickets and she's like well, my friend really wants to go with me. You'd be such a sweetheart, Stanley. Th- thank you. And he's like, okay, enjoy the show. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a, a pushover for sure. Um, but that's the thing is when he puts on the mask is he becomes this cartoonish character. Not necessarily a comic book <laughs> character, but... As we see throughout the Mayavi, his facial expressions, all of the stuff that he does where his eyes go out of his his head, his heart comes out of his chest. It's all the stuff that he sees on these cartoons. Um, And and so, yeah, I I was just kind of 
looking at that, trying to see if there was any kind of deeper examination of that. I don't think there actually is, but I don't know. It was still fun. It was still yeah, I don't, dope, yeah, right? I don't know. I don't know. It's critical thesis on Tex Avery, except for that was in the zeitgeist in the 90s. Looney Tunes were big. Mm-hmm. This sort of nostalgia of that era was big. It doesn't seem out of place that this guy is just like an old school animation nerd, kind of a goofball. He doesn't really have other goofy things about him. It's not like he's got like a giant prop toothbrush in his apartment, like in Pee Wee's Big Adventure or something. Like, it doesn't seem like he's. A- <laughs> He doesn't seem like he's a kook in any other ways. He just loves his Looney Tunes. Yeah. But also like he seems like he's like cell like animation cells on his wall or something. Seems like a an adult enthusiast. An an an, an adult fanboy, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's the Stanley Ipkiss is no different than you and I. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He um, feels relatable. Yeah. Yeah. He is the kind of every man. Um, but yeah, he puts on this mask and becomes this green skinned maniac, uh, that just kind of wreaks havoc. Uh, it, whether he knows green, he is, his hands or not, still look the same. That's, that's true. Yeah. It, it is just his like head. Cause his neck is also still like it's, um, but yeah, he's, he's just kind of out of control is the thing. He is the, the, the titular Tasmanian de- 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 devil, um, where he is just this whirlwind that comes sweeping through, and he gets the girl. He knows how to dance. He can dodge <laughs> bullets. He can stretch. He can do all sorts of stuff. I don't know. Mm. It, it, he just goes on a crazy adventure. Uh, and that's kind of it. It's uh, super yeah. simple. It's good. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. It uh, gets the girl, stops a robbery, becomes Cuban Pete. There you go. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, cool. I don't have anything else to add to like synopsis stuff or like spoiler <laughs> free thoughts. The box told us. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So there you go. Uh, we will take a quick break for housekeeping. And when we come back, we will dive into the film a little bit more in depth. Uh, So we will be right back. Here at The Whatnots, we make multiple different shows and a lot of hard work goes into making them. So we would love it if you check them all out. If you enjoy our shows, patreon.com slash The Whatnots is the best place to show your support. For just a dollar a month, you can get early access to episodes and at our $3 tier, a Patreon exclusive podcast, The Pilots Club. You can even get a shout out and what thank you on most of our shows at the $5 Sunday tier. Do you think we'd do and the if Grand you're one of our patrons already, thank you so much. It means the world to us. You can find out more information on our website, thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in the Jack whatnots, and I were all just, of our we shows gotta will find pop a time to go right see there. Wonka. Just don't forget to give must. us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. You can also find us on YouTube and Twitch for video versions of the shows, trailer reactions, and live streams. And lastly, we have merch. If you want to grab yourself a shirt or a hoodie or a mug or something else, head over to thewhatnots.com store to pick up some merch today. 
All right, we are back. A big shout out uh, to our Patreon supporters. If you are a Patreon thank supporter, you. yes, thank you. We love you a lot. It means a ton. Uh, over on the Pilots Club, Melissa, you and I just got done recording our Pilots Club on Unicorn Warriors Eternal. Uh, by the time this goes up for the public, for everyone, that will already be up. Uh, so you guys can go check it out. Be on the lookout for that. That's Gendy Tartakovsky's no, 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 it's cartoon. You guys can check it out on Max. Uh, it's an interesting one if you are into animation and all sorts of different styles from manga and old Max Fleischer cartoons and Speed Racer and Betty Boop and Dexter's Lab and all sorts of stuff. There's tons uh, in there to look at. Um, but yeah, right here on the review show. Uh, last week we finished up our coverage of Hellboy. Uh, over the past couple months, we have been doing the Hellboy comics, and we read the final three volumes of volumes ten through twelve. Um, so yeah, go check that stuff out. That was a blast. Feels like comfort <laughs> to just go read some Hellboy. Um, so. Go check that stuff out over on the captain's log. Uh, Melissa, let's see. What did we talk about last week? I got to talk about Hitmonkey. Melissa, you got to talk about Saltburn. Uh, we also got to talk about uh, Yuki Sonoda's Fast and Furious Day in Formula One. It was great. Uh, we have some fun on that. I recounted a nightmarish Thanksgiving, almost ended my Thanksgiving uh, story. Uh, so go check all that stuff out over on the Captain's Log. Next week on the Captain's Log, though, is our Rotten Tomatoes yeah. movie prediction game. Yeah. That's going to be a blast. So uh, be on the lookout for that as well. Over on the Reactor Core. We got spoiler casts up for Loki season two and the Marvels. Um, we also have a trailer reaction up for Good Burger 2. Go check all that stuff out. Two. Yeah, indeed. I still haven't watched it yet. I don't have Paramount Plus at the moment. But Melissa, you saw it. You saw I the did. final thing. Um, so I, it's burger tastic. What can I say? I'm still confused about burger children, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh, that's about it for our housekeeping. Uh, the last thing that I do want to mention, though, uh, is in mid-December, uh, we will be doing our end of the year Grand Prix, as we are now mm -hmm. calling it, the Whatnots Grand Prix it's our end of the year retrospective celebration. Uh, this will be out on all feeds. Uh, so no matter what podcast of ours you listen to, it'll be out on all of them. Uh, but yeah, we'll just be looking back on the year, all, all the things that we uh, we we did and all the things we got up to. So should be good. Should be fun. I think we are recording that on December 17th. So on the lookout for that which also means next week is the final episode of the review show yeah. for the year um so yeah be aware 
be aware of all of that stuff. Be, beware. <laughs> be, be, beware. Yes. <laughs> it cool. says be warb. <laughs> um, well, that is about it for housekeeping. So without further ado, let's get into spoilers on the mask. All right, Melissa, where do you want to start with this one? I, actually, can I mention something? Yes. First here, not actually about mention the away. movie, but I feel like you're in the perfect outfit for this movie. You're in a shirt with like two colors right down the middle. Yeah. So it's yes. it's this like duality a mask no mask right <laughs> good stuff am i stanley good. am i the mask good also, choice just, it reminded me of garth brooks and his big <laughs> color block shirts so i've just got a 90s vibe going on here with my straight down the middle harvey dent look thank you there you go uh, indeed, <laughs> if only indeed. i had l like loudly patterned pajamas i could have worn right yeah yeah <laughs> let's start with those then suit. Let's start with Let's those start then. With the the pajamas. pajamas. The most impossible thing of the whole movie, which I thought was and ridiculous. They're not, they're not that weird. I think they've got no, like they're little not weird at all. They have like little anchors and like ship steering wheels on them. Like that's a a the pattern makes sense. It's not yeah. like it's super wild and abstract or super cartoony. It's like N no, like you could get that at Dillard's or something. That's prep wear. Tommy Hilfiger might make little anchor pajamas it's for the so classy boater at sleep. It's so funny because, yeah, there's this the, the scene where I, I, I think it's the night after the first time he puts the mask on. Mm. Um, or, or is it after is it after he robs the bank? I don't remember exactly when it is but like the the police are there to question him uh and yeah jim carrey is in just these normal looking pajamas uh and they are kind of so exasperated might be the right word especially with the landlady trying to tell them what they think is this like fantastical story about this green maniac who like threw himself out the window and did all of this stuff and they they look at him in in, in his pajamas and he's just like and these impossible pajamas <laughs> this... and it's just, like it, it was to me one of the funniest things of the whole movie because he's just completely <laughs> baffled by these pajamas the detective whose name and i don't so remember mundane. yeah it's I love this detective. He's so extremely mad at everything. He's constantly, he's got this real dopey partner named Doyle. And several times through the movie, he gets fed up Freaking with him. Doyle. Goes, Doyle! <laughs> Doyle means well. You're the crab, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. But yeah, I, I, I just, I, I loved that. He, he's, he's just completely fed up with these pajamas after seeing them once. <laughs> his day is ruined yeah after seeing a mildly busy pattern he yeah can't handle it yeah and then he like uh a part of them like tears off and is left at the scene mm. uh at right, some point even, so 
Stanley puts on the mask when he's like at home in his pajamas at night. Then he swirls around. <laughs> he turns into the mask. Uh, he goes t- to rob the bank because the mask doesn't play by anyone's rules. Mm. Somebody shoots at him. A piece of his tie, like the mask's tie comes off. But then once it's separated from the magic of the mask, then it just turns into a scrap of Stanley's pajamas. And he's just like, impossible. <laughs> <laughs> It's, Never, it's so he's ridiculous. Like only, he's like only one man in the city has these. He yeah. doesn't imagine like, well, what store do, sells them? Who else may have bought them? He's like just one weirdo I've ever seen. Only exactly. Stanley Ipkiss. Exactly. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> I want to talk about how this is Cameron Diaz's first film role. Is it really? Yes. Wow. They discovered, they just saw her walking out of a modeling agency and they're like, her? Is it her? Uh, And I think she did go through, I was reading some IMDb trivia. She went through several rounds of auditions, which I guess makes sense if you've never (laughs) formally acted before. But she gets the and introducing credit. And I'm always oh. happy when you see huh. one of those in an older movie. And it's like, you did introduce us to that person. That paid off. Yeah. Way huh. to spot in- him. Interesting. And her her introduction in this movie, she is playing hot girl. Like yes. the hottie of your dreams. The lady in red. She s- steps into this bank. Right. She's coming out of the rain. She's like shaking water off of her hair. She's wearing this like tight red like cocktail dress just to go to the bank at 4 p.m. She makes Stanley Epkiss and his friend so horny that there's two rack focus shots on them just gazing at her. It's really over the top but also it's like and not to objectify her but like she truly arrives in this movie fully formed she is so gorgeous. Yeah. Like, this is ridiculous, but I can't say it's not true that she is one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, did not know that this was her first role. Uh, mm-hmm. Interesting. That's that's really, really cool. Um, yeah. I I mean, she was great in this. Uh, of course, she, I mean... It, it is a 90s movie. She is. She's not the damsel in distress. Not so much. She, she is. Not more than she has to be. The love interest is maybe a which better. I. Which I. This is a thing that I think the movie does in an interesting way. That she's the you find out she's the girlfriend of the gangster. She's the traditional mm-hmm. gangsters mall. Right. In the old film parlance. And Stanley also meets this pretty, but in a slightly mousier way, reporter. Mm-hmm. And you could look at this movie in another way and imagine, oh, hot girl <laughs> will betray him. Uh, d- cute, but sweet, book smart girl. She's the real one for mm-hmm. you. The one and who's no, been it's there the all other along. way. Like, right, yeah. Right. No, she betrays him, the reporter. And I she's like, look, I got to get the story. I need the money. My condo's not paying for itself here. I can't move. 
I had to sell you out. Like, she's not vindictive. She's just like, that's the way it has to go. <laughs> There's the break, yeah. Stanley. Sorry. I didn't make this economy. Yeah. Um, it's it, but like from that perspective, yeah, it's twisting that kind of narrative and flipping it on its head. But the movie is also uh playing the like nice guy narrative where where he you know wrote in, into the the magazine I'm Mr. Nice Guy I always finish last like I always hold the door for everyone I do this I do that right and how come I'm still single um and it is also playing into the like and the nice guy will get the really super hot the the smoking hot girl at the end and it's just like well I that's also maybe the male fantasy there showing its head in that way. Um, just an observation w with that. Uh, he, I he is also a nice guy in in matters outside of romance. Like you see him with his his landlady who comes in and screams at him, and he's like, "You know what? I hope you have a nice night." And then he just did. Yeah, goes back to his apartment and like doesn't retaliate like hey you if i come in with a little mud on my shoe please don't scream at me and yeah. insist that i pay to replace the entire carpet he goes to the auto mechanic and he's like hey drop my car off for this thing and they're like oh oh buddy that's um oh that's a real problem it's gonna cost seven hundred dollars <laughs> we can give you a loaner and the loaner's this real hunk of junk and he's like Okay, we'll take the loaner. Like it's his nice guyness is is pervasive in multiple facets of his life, mm -hmm. where he just yeah. sort of grits his teeth, doesn't say what he's really thinking, goes along with it. So what the mask unlocks for him is: what if you had no filter and you did whatever you wanted and you didn't let anybody push you around? Yeah, uh, and that leads to several dance numbers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nobody stops him from dancing in his everyday life <laughs> right yeah uh or maybe he tried once and they were like hey dude uh let's I, let's not never never again his landlady does really bang on the on the ceiling i think she lives below him i imagine she would stop him from dancing right yeah she doesn't like there to be any noise Um. Yeah, this was one thing I did not remember as much. I I knew that like when they were happening, I remembered them. I was like, yes, this is the mask. I remember the <laughs> mask. I don't know how I do, but I, I do. Uh, but also, like, if you were to ask me, like, are there dance numbers in the, 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 the mask? I'd be like, no, I don't think so. Um, but they they have at least two is there three because there's the one in the like jazz club uh yeah, there's the, the pachuco yeah there's that that one there's is there one after that there's later on when he goes on a date on the at the park and then all the police have him cornered he just does a cuban pete and that's how he gets okay. out of yeah. that situation yeah that that was that that was the yeah uh <laughs> Yeah, so I I like I when they played on screen, I was like, oh, yeah, 
that's right. I remember this. It's but not. Just, I, yeah, just have no recollection of, of where I watched this or how I consumed this at all. The back of the DVD described it as a romantic action comedy. It does not cite this as a musical. I think two numbers uh, isn't enough to qualify it as a musical, but that is part of its lexicon. There are that more is one gags of the than like, hey, yes. we're actually doing this, a musical this is piece. This my I want song. Right. Yeah. 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 I love this was we were a musical household. We would rewind and watch any musical number over and over again. But I, I love the first one. I love the, the Coco Bongo Club. I love how his friend says it. Coco Bongo Club. <laughs> Stanley, I'm taking you on Coco a love Coco Bongo story. Club. <laughs> it, looks so, it looked so glitzy and glamorous to me when I was a little kid. It's this sort the, they're in a fictional city called Edge City, which oftentimes feels like New York ostensibly except for when they go to the Coco Bongo Club and it's like we're in Miami now it's got <laughs> big bands performing uh, uh, Tina Cameron Diaz's character is there as this torch singer singing these sultry songs she does sing she has a whole musical number where she, she sings a song and he dances with her the these dances where it turns cartoony and he's like throwing her up in the air and spinning her around like a frisbee. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's entertaining. Like it's, it's so much fun to, to watch. Even if the like CGI stuff isn't the greatest, it's still just like, man, it's, this is fun. It's, it's good for the time. The makeup effects are excellent. Like the mask when he is in the mask form, it looks great. And again, I was reading yeah. IMDb trivia and it says after they cast Jim Carrey, it's like this saved us a lot of money because you're so naturally cartoony. There's not a lot of exaggeration we have to do to you with the makeup or the computer. Yeah, they just had to you be like, let's like from home, put you in a bald cap and then maybe accentuate your brow somehow and like. He's he's already got the incredible bone structure and the perfect teeth. The big and then mouth. he turns into the mask. Yeah. Right. And then he's just more bone structure and more teeth. Apparently they had the fake teeth that were only supposed to be for dialogueless scenes or action or whatever. But Jim mm -hmm. Carrey learned to talk around the fake teeth. We're like, okay, just wear them the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Do I that. It is one of the finest performances of the 90s i i was aware of jim carrey as the larger star but like i've never seen ace ventura i think i saw part of liar liar on tv i've seen ace I just ventura. Watched dumb, i just saw dumb and dumber for the first time like two years ago like this was my jim carrey primarily was this was interesting Max. I think he's and so much funnier in a number of other things. Um, I think this is an inc this is a really skilled performance. I can tell he's having so much fun. He really yeah. comes through all of the wackiness. Like he has to do so much in this. Wear the makeup, act against the dog, you mm -hmm. know, like do all these crazy stunts and dance numbers. But I do get what you're saying. 
about it not being as funny as you expected. I went through Letterboxd and I screenshotted some notable reviews. I want to read one from Dan sure. McCoy, probably the Dan McCoy from the Flophouse podcast, although it is a common name. Perhaps this is a separate Dan McCoy. Shout out to all Dan you McCoy. Dan McCoys out there. This one's for you. <laughs> this review, three stars, says, I almost respect the mask for never quite figuring out what it is. Yeah. Is it a comedy? Sort of, but it's not actually that funny. Is it a superhero movie? It borrows the structure of one, but mostly just as scaffolding. Is it a zany tribute to Tex Avery cartoons? Sometimes, and that's when I like it best, I think that's really the main problem, pacing. This begs for a zany Roger Rabbit treatment, but as much as I like director Chuck Russell, he doesn't seem to have the madcap spirit needed to make this totally take flight. I don't know. Like I said, I'm corn kind of torn between appreciating the wild tone and wishing it would commit more to one thing. Which I guess is true. There is a stretch towards yeah. the third act where they catch him and they put him in jail and he's not the mask for a while. And you do miss seeing the mask. Having the dog jump around isn't quite enough. Yeah, I think I would agree with what they wrote on that um that's that's the thing is 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 like i i was trying to figure out like okay i know this is a comic like it's it's based off of a comic book i've never read it i don't think i've ever actually seen it and i i'm Me a either. huge co comic book nerd i go to my local comic book store all the time uh all that like i don't think i've ever seen there, it yeah there's and, never a mask omnibus Right. And and uh, like, I'm I'm sure you can find it e easily, but uh, still, it was just like, oh, I'm the, so not familiar <laughs> with this. And like, I there, just don't know what is, the comic would even be. There is a mask omnibus you can buy. It's like twenty three dollars on Amazon, but I've never like seen said, it. You in can a find store, it easy is what right, I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. But just like I. I I don't know what the content of that book would be. Is it different from the movie? How it's, different it's very, is it? It's much darker. Where yeah. when you put on the mask, you become a more violent, aggressive, a more monstrous version. Right. Instead yeah. of just being like, I'm all the Looney Tunes rolled into one. Yeah. I like I I could even see a flash of that. There's that one scene where he's being chased uh, by all the people by and he had, he pulls out the gun and starts sh sh shooting them. Um, like that scene has a flash of that in there, and I I like that stuff. But they just didn't go down that road. Um, and then yeah, like it's cartoony and all that stuff. And I really like that, but it's it's not really the like who framed Roger Rabbit stuff. Mm. It's not really a cartoon. It's not going fully into that stuff. It it just it feels like it has its fingers dipped in a couple different pies, but yeah. not its mm. hand dipped into one yeah. one big thing. You know, you have what the mask is doing. You have just the Stanley Ipkiss romantic comedy plot. Where yeah. Jim Carrey does have enough charm. He is goofy enough that that's still entertaining and engaging. But then when you cut to 
the main gangster and like his boss. It's just stretches. What's even the movie happening there? there? There are no jokes. <laughs> there's there's no joke. There's no explanation for like, yeah, we we run this club and that makes us the kings of Edge City. Right. Which also sounds like a cyber pop punk uh, name, mm. even though this is not a cyber pop punk movie at all. Um, like. Is is what makes him a gangster that he owns a club? <laughs> I also want to talk about that he made how it there's Miami. A, there's a big benefit at the Coco Bongo Club where they are collecting money for war orphans yeah and this being in the 90s i can presume they mean like gulf war but also the movie's got such a throwback style it almost feels like they could be talking about world war one or world war two orphans yeah it makes it feel just this movie's already out of place and that detail makes it feel strangely out of time and they're taking the money so the, it's a casino night at this club just dumping which it is inside. not not traditionally a casino it is a club so they've brought in all of these machines and, and card tables and everything as a fundraiser night but it's serious enough that there is now a neon sign outside of the building that says casino night mm-hmm. so there's a whole neon sign for a single night which is a very silly detail but it really prickled at me and they're taking all the cash from this and putting it in a big pig. There's like a sexy Giant cigarette salesgirl dumping cash into a big pig labeled for the war orphans. Oh, man. It, 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 it's it re- just like Edge City. I don't even know if it's supposed to be in America. Is it? Where else could it be? Is it Toronto? I don't know. <laughs> But, but that's the thing is everything is so generic that like it's, it's like it feels like a comic book city in the sense that it is like the like a spoof of a comic book city, which m- makes it even more generic. Uh, and so it's just like, I don't know if this is supposed to be in America or their own world here that they're like, is there some like. <laughs> d- inner city somewhere else like on the other side of the globe is there a beach city City is it's a city that truly acts like it is the only city that has ever been and you barely get the sense that there's even a suburbs outside of the city it is a purely city nobody comes from anywhere or goes anywhere edge city is the name of the planet this is actually what (laughs) what it is like Coruscant. Um, right, yeah. The whole planet's one city. Um no, but 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 like it, yeah, it's just it's it's hard to picture where it is or if it's supposed to be like is that supposed to be New York or is that supposed to be Chicago or uh, Miami? I I don't know. Um but yeah, it it it, 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 it does make the whole place just kind of feel out of time and timeless. It watching it this time, it struck me how much this feels in the same space as the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. First off, okay. the bank where he works just looks a lot like the bank where they go to ask Joel. I McCoy did have that thought. Yeah. Spider-Man too. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's the I did same have that set. Thought. I don't know. 
but it has the same heightened version of reality, even outside of the literal cartoonishness that the mask gets up to. Kind of heightened, kind of campy. Whatever aesthetic it is that those Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies have, where they also feel like they are from another time, this movie's the golden age comics. Yes, yes. I guess that's not something you can tie really tangibly to comic books, but in a very abstract way, looking back at movies of this 10 or 15 year period. Um, there's all uh, Tina also falls for the mask, like sh- the mask kisses her, and she's like, Wow. But then she meets when she's talking to Stanley Ipkiss, she can like see that he's the mask. She's not like outright hinting at it, but she's like, I like you. I would like to get to know you better. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, you know, my, would you like to meet my friend, the mask? I'm sure you really just want to meet him. Yeah, I happen it's, to know the guy. College roommate. Right. <laughs> right. It's just like the Peter Parker pretending he, know, he has a working relationship where Spider-Man allows him to take photos of him. Yeah. This really does feel like a primer for Spider-Man. Looking back on my childhood, I don't know if I would have liked the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies as much as I did if I did. You hadn't have. seen something like this. Yes. Interesting. And there's even hmm. more stuff from this era that I didn't see until later on in life, like Dick Tracy or The Rocketeer. Yep. Maybe even like that Phantom movie, that Shadow movie, stuff I still need to get to. Of his yeah. 90s and early... Tim Burton's Batman. This 90s and kind of up through the early 2000s, pretty much just in Spider-Man. Look back at like the 30s and 40s, sometimes in a very literal way with Dick Tracy. Mm -hmm. And sometimes in a more sort of abstract way where you're like, I don't know. There's just like a guy wearing a wide pinstripe suit. Yeah. (laughs) And everything is sort of a golden glow to it sometimes that's all you need just to have some fun Mm -hmm. you know indeed something i do want to note about the visual design of this movie is when you see stanley's apartment Mm -hmm. i looked at his bed and his bed has like teal sheets and red pillows which is such a weird color scheme it looks strange. And later, when he turns into his Cuban Pete persona, which I have a lot of questions about that. Like, what is the song? Where did the song come from? Why are you Cuban Pete? Is Cuban yeah. Pete another, like, sub-nested within the mask identity? Yeah. How many of you are in there? That's the color scheme he's wearing. The Cuban Pete outfit is teal with this like red border on the big ruffly sleeves. Interesting. And he wears the yellow, primarily wears the yellow suit as the mask. And then he's got the yellow Frisbee that he's thrown along around with Milo. Huh. So it's just a lot of his later looks are very subtly seated in the design of his apartment. That's interesting. I don't think I noticed that I was as, as, as you started to mention it, I was wondering if it was a reference to anything in the like animation that I saw 
uh, the cartoons he was watching? Or is it something to even be like, man, he like the green when he has the mask on, the green is just so bright green. Like it lights up the room. It is so bright. Um, It is neon. It is is guacamole. Right. It's, it's, It's not actually like like giving off light or lighting the room, but it is so super saturated that it like you can see him in the dark. Yeah, like I'm I'm wondering if there was some kind of like color correction going on or like, hey, we have to shoot it like in in this lighting condition or to do this to achieve that effect. Um, And they just have they ended up looking like they were teal and red when they were actually something else. Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow is another one of those early 2000s movies that feels like it's looking back at the 30s and 40s. There you go. I knew I could think of another one. That's all. (laughs) One of the funniest bits in this movie to me, I feel like I am looking at stuff like color palettes because I have seen this movie so many times. Sure. No, yeah. And my brain has room for this nonsense. The night after he goes and robs the bank, and he mm-hmm. walks away with classic big dollar bag, a big bag with dollar sign on it. Yep. The next morning, he he wakes up, hears the knock at the door, and he goes to open the closet, maybe to get a, a bathrobe or a coat or something. And all the cash comes spilling out of the closet. It was so funny to me. So I'm like, there's a couple bags in there, but most of the cash is loose. Why is the cash yeah, no, he- loose? He like emptied them out into the closet and then shut the door. I don't understand. Right. So he left the bank with the cash in bags. He yeah. did not leave with it loose. He takes the bags to his apartment. <laughs> Even if he th- if he then dumps out a bag, s- swims around in the money. Why doesn't he? He would either put the cash back in the bag or leave it where it was. He wouldn't just shove loose cash into his closet. It makes the least sense. The mask didn't do that. Why would the mask bother to clean? Why why is it there? If it was just the bags, I would have no problem. But the piles and piles of loose cash. Let me ask you this. What if the giant bags with the money signs on them are also a manifestation of the mask? They are oh, cartoonish. They, were there. they are cartoonishly Ooh. big. They are what you see in the cartoons. And so even though he stashed the bags in the closet, when he takes it off, the bags just kind of disappear. But some of them are still there. If there was no bag, I'd I'd fully support you. But there is still some bagged cash. I don't know. It's not like he ma- literally took yeah. a bag and also That's manifested weird. a cartoon bag. And there's other stuff in the movie that does feel really exaggerated. Like, like the big pig full of sure. cash for war orphans. That makes me believe that maybe this is a world where when you're at the bank, cash is just stored in a bag with a dollar sign on it. I mean, they do make a a, a joke about hiding some money in the giant mattress that's in, mm. in the back there. 
<laughs> we never even saw what was in the vault. <laughs> what if there is? What if there legitimately is? And it's That's not even a joke. Everybody at the bank is so horny. There's just a giant bed back there. Yeah. Hey, want to go roll around go, on some money? <laughs> right. Everybody goes back there to screw on the cash mattress that all exactly. of these money is. In. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a bit where uh, the mask comes upon a street gang. I love a, a diverse 90s street gang that belongs to no specific real world gang. <laughs> yeah. There's always one girl in it yeah <laughs> never more good than one her. one one girl only uh, she's making moves good for her right <laughs> he's doing the bit with the balloon animals and when he goes to pull a balloon out of his pocket he pulls out a condom and he's like whoops <laughs> wrong pocket and then he pulls out the balloon and he makes the balloon dog First off, I think back on my childhood and how many movies had a condom in it. How I must have seen a condom gag in a movie 10 times before I clocked what a condom was. Sure. But also, it just made me upset that we mentioned it earlier. Head green, hands regular. I'm like, I want a mask condom where when you put it on your dick, your dick becomes the mask. Not all of you, but you're. Your dick has the mask energy now. And I don't know what that just means. says smoking on the side. <laughs> <laughs> it turns green. Maybe it can do like wild plastic man stunts. I don't know. But now I I want to see it. There's two. You either watch the mask having no idea what a condom is, or you watch the mask wanting to see a mask dick. There's like very little space in between. Your two mindsets when you see this movie. I, I mean, that absolutely is the question that comes to mind when you think of like super he, he, heroes and stuff. And it's like, wait, Superman's an alien. We haven't really seen him naked yet. Like what 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 is what is Lois dealing with? Right. I, <laughs> what is it like to screw the mask? <laughs> right. We must yeah. No. We'll keep it in the in, in the vault. <laughs> no one will know. <laughs> um, yeah, man, this is it's it's su- it's such a bizarre movie because there there are there's so many details like that, uh, just uh, about like what's happening or weird things in the world that's going on. Um, and even like the way that the movie starts with this mask kind of being uncovered in like in this they're like pulling it out of not a shipwreck right but like a magma crater yeah and it it just starts but it it looks like it's some like undersea like titanic dive but yeah when it floats Mm -hmm. up it's just in the like it's in the east river in new york right it's just like what is happening um, <laughs> I want to read another segment of a letterboxed review. Uh, I didn't. Oh, I don't have the. U- oh, Scumbelina is the name of this letterbox user. Scumbelina. These are the things that are most memorable or profound about the mask. Did the diver who opens the chest containing the mask die? Yeah. The dead body floating in the river really scared me. It was very body. 
The masked yellow suit is the most amazing thing I've ever seen, but especially the tie. I want to touch his face because it looks like putty. Cuban Pete is the only song in the world. The dog wearing mask scene is an underrated dog moment. It's a special treasure. Yeah. I agree but, like, with all of these. Yeah, like what what happens to the dead divers? What like when when he when he tries to get rid of the mask the first time and he tosses it out the window, it comes back to him like a boomerang. So what makes him him, right? But then what makes it different at the end of the movie when he throws it and it goes into the river? He doesn't need it anymore. He's emotionally moved past his need for mask. The mask knows when you need mask. And it knew he didn't need it anymore. I mean, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I want to talk about how when he first puts on the mask and it kind of like warps his face, like he it's like magnetized to him. It's pulling yeah. towards him. And as he tries to pull it away, his face like smears towards it. Uh-huh. It's genuinely creepy. Briefly, yeah. but genuinely creepy. The like almost body is a good effect. when he becomes the mask. And then later when the bad guy becomes the mask, when he is like yoked to heck, he's, his shape is entirely transformed. He's so severe. Up there looking so like Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> he's so scary looking. And I, I did like that. I, I'm happy that the movie had space to illustrate to us. Oh, that's what Stanley looks like when he puts on the mask. Right. Yeah. The mask reveals your innermost thoughts. And this guy's thoughts are nasty. So that's why he looks like that. Milo's innermost thoughts are, I'm a dog. So I put on the mask and I just look like a dog, but I'm green. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's it's interesting uh, then that the dog also didn't have like thoughts of like, Where's my bone or food? Fantastic and like, fun. Uh, right, yeah, fantastic fun. That's all he thinks about. And so he just remains the same dog. Um, <laughs> Milo's a good but, boy. But no, to, to go back to the, the, uh, the effect, the, like the mask effect, that was also something that stuck, that, that stuck with me about the mask uh, from having probably seen it when I was younger. Uh <laughs> Uh, is, is that, that effect, like the one thing that did scare me about the mask when I was younger is the fact that he had a hard time taking it off. Like he, he would, he would struggle to get it off. And it, it is almost like this mask is possessing him. And as we learn later on in the movie, this is a mask that Loki the trickster god used to have and so that's why like it, it has this effect and who knows what um but that that was all, all like yeah it it looks like you're both being sucked in and magnetized but also like your skin is like pulled out to like fit into the mask as it gets closer yep. it's just it's a it's a really gross effect and just a, a an awful thought um but it's it's just so like it's not something they focus on it's not something that they they really show off all that much it's just that split second as they're p- putting it on 
Uh, and then also shout out to the scene where he's trying to put the mask on in Ben Stein's office. Uh, and he's, nothing ha- yeah. ha- 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 happens. And so he's just sitting there like. <laughs> it's gr- good. Great. Use of, yeah. Good use of a Ben Stein in here. Yeah. All day or two days of filming with Ben Stein. Her dry, clear eyes. <laughs> Anyways, good stuff. This I, was fun. I want to, I want to briefly mention a bit of artistry in that. Sure. Yes, please. Scene at the end when we go to the cope, uh, not the Copacabana, the the Coco Bongo Club, and they're yeah. having the the casino night benefit to put the cash in the big bag for the war orphans. When the camera is panning around the floor, showing you like party scene and the the big pig and the gamblers and Stanley's mm-hmm. friend flirting with cigarette girl and all that it's this beautiful series of long shots there is a cut in the middle but I stopped yeah. and I rewound it like that camera kept going the amount of takes that must have taken how synchronized it is it's a, a really subtle but lovely one shot back there yeah. in that scene there you go. Yeah, I just that 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 whole club scene in g- g- general is I, it 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 feels it's not the climax, but it feels like the spotlight. Like this feels like the moment of the film mm. here, where the yeah. mask gets to shine and it's fancy and there's action and there's dancing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He has uh, he has other dead dead de- dance numbers and stuff, but none like this mm. so i have a question yes who would you cast as a lady mask a lady mask um in, in 1994 or modern day time because I, I don't know if any, i do any time when you have an answer okay um Ooh, who would be if, all right, so if if I don't know exactly what happened to her with all the drugs and stuff, but if Amanda Bynes hadn't oh. uh, gone all down that road, I think she would have been a, a good one to potentially do a yes mask. I see yeah. that. I'd love I'd love to see her red hair against a mask green face. Sure, yeah, it's visually great. Yeah, that's a nice answer. My answer is Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon. There you go. OK. <laughs> I'd love to see anybody try it. I There was one of the letterbox comments I saw that was like, why do we have two men masks and dog masks? But we never got lady mask. Cameron Diaz never put on the mask. Right. Yeah. There was a sequel called Son of Mask. That's what I was where just a baby about put on, mention. A baby put on yeah. the mask and the mask was now played by Jamie Kennedy. I've never seen it, but I saw a it also has a song and dance number, at least one. And uh-huh. I saw that out of context once and it felt truly unnerving, <laughs> truly disturbing to watch whatever that number was. Yeah. Oh, man. According to Wikipedia he, he, here, 
uh, Nintendo Power offered yes. Raiders a chance via sweepstakes to win a cameo role in the film. I wonder if that actually happened. No, 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 no. no? I was oh, also it, reading it this on, on IMDb say? because this was when they were originally oh, yeah. trying to get Jim Carrey to do a sequel to this and he declined and years later they did the Jamie Kennedy version. But I read that in Nintendo Power they had to <laughs> write a retraction write an apology to that sweepstakes winner like we can't get you in the mask too yeah uh it says carrie eventually bailed on the project forcing amongst uh, uh other things nintendo power to give the winner of the contest the equivalent <laughs> cash value instead what's the equivalent cash value of a walk-on cameo in the mask i don't too? i don't know right uh and then yes yeah, son of Did mask was a big in dollar sign bag <laughs> right <laughs> um son of the mask i guess was then in 2005 so almost a decade later just kind of wild uh and apparently that is considered one of the worst films ever made so sure there you go that makes sense it also had that cartoon and i think the cartoon had taco bell toys it did. I do vaguely remember that. Uh, never watched the cartoon, though, and I'm sure of that. I, but I remember it being around. Yeah. But I can't picture like any actual episodes or picture a character besides the mask and Milo. I don't know who else is in it. Yeah. What does he get up to? It, it felt of the same ilk of like the Beetlejuice cartoon. Yes. Yes. Anyways, um, that's the mask. I, I don't know that's, if I have I much one, else to say. You have, have something else? I have one final in? thing to say. One final letterboxed review. I say the me best with one it. for last. This is just from Luke, and it says two and a half stars. I watched this entire movie at a doctor's office today because when I got there, for some reason, the guy at the desk put it on for me. He said, let's put on something good for you and chose the mask. Doctor was an hour and a half late. LOL. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sure. It's like, hey, let's put on something special for you. Play. It's the mask. The mask. Is this supposed to knock me out? Am I supposed to no longer feel pain after this? <laughs> What medical effect does the mask have on me? Right. Yeah. If you think this is a good decision, I need I, a new doctor, my friend. Uh, watch the mask, <laughs> then please give us the sperm sample. We're sure you're going to be ready. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Um. Okay. Well, let's see here. Let's take a look at bingo let me see if i can now this when you mentioned earlier screen. that i pitched you red movie and green movie my goal was that each of these movies would cross off something in our bingo sheets besides just also being abstractly christmas themed yeah i picked the mask because it would finally give us big puddle splash when a character yeah. is already down on their luck and then a car drives by and splashes a big puddle on them. Indeed. 
Um, so yeah, I, I can finally mark that one off of my list. I don't, did, did, did you already have that one on here? Did you, did you, I just marked it off minutes okay. before you got here. Uh, gotcha. so now okay. I am down to, uh, unless you can fit arted to death into next week, which that was going to be the other pick. If you picked I, red, we would have watched the red shoes, which okay. is an arted to death movie. Okay. Yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I think this is probably where our stuff is gonna end yeah. up to be for I this, this next week. I don't know if we will get only, any of these things. Only, only, you know what you're pitching for next week. Oh no, uh, you told me. I also yeah. know. <laughs> seen it so i don't know what specifically is in it it's it's been a while since i've seen what we're <laughs> watching but uh i so i don't remember exactly but anyways this is basically where bingo is ending up melissa crushed me um though the big puddle splash did get me one more bingo uh so i guess next time we can officially tally these up i think you already have your number but i i don't have mine written yeah. down off the top of my head so i think i have 13 bingos oh man okay in our go. uh seven by seven grid there you go there you go okay well now that we have done our bingo check-in melissa let's talk recommendations for people who enjoyed this what else might they like ah I've mentioned some similar feeling things earlier. Have you ever seen that Dick Tracy movie? I have not. But I'm it's, I, I've I know of it. That, it's not artistically fascinating and how much it really tries to be a living version of the old Dick Tracy comic strips. Like the movie was designed in only seven colors. The seven colors the comic strips would have been printed in. So everything is like bright, bold, primary. All the goons that Dick Tracy is fighting. Dick Tracy is still wearing the bright yellow trench coat, just as Uh he did in the comics. His girlfriend is still named Tess Trueheart. They didn't try and make any of this stuff natural or normal. And all of the goons have these grotesque faces and and names like there's a guy named flat top whose head is entirely flat yeah you know like it's all stuff like that they look like garbage pail kids or something i i recommend dick tracy but also i say it is the one movie i've never watched a movie in my life that is an ostensibly a normal world i mean it's not like a dystopia it's not a war movie or something this is the most quote-unquote normal movie I've ever seen that I would never want to live in. Like, I'm sure I would have a fine life. I'd live in a city. I'd be comfortable. Dick Tracy's taking care of all the crime, well, you know? Good thing but your name's just, not Flat Top. I, <laughs> he w- 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 wouldn't have a flat head. <laughs> there's something so unnerving about this world to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, truly, I can see it's I, so stylized I, that it's it's almost uncomfortable because it's stylized, yes. but then brought to life. I it's 
Maybe it's the fact that it's set in the 40s and I don't feel comfortable imagining myself in any time before TV. Like, sincerely, gotcha. you are yeah. not catching. Huh. If I have a time machine, I'm not going anywhere past like 1955 when I can go home and watch, turn on my little 12 inch box and watch the Jack Parr show or whatever. But I, I recommend Dick Tracy. I wish I liked it more. It is a feat. There is, tr- there's really nothing like Dick Tracy. Yeah. Uh, I, it's a Disney movie. You can probably find it on Disney plus. Probably, Dick Tracy. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen monkey bone? No, not familiar with that one at all. At all? Uh Uh-uh. Monkey Bone is a motion picture from like 2001, 2002. Uh, It is directed by stop motion animator Henry Selleck. It is a mixed live action and animation movie where Brendan Fraser plays a comic artist and his main character is Monkey Bone. And he's getting mm-hmm. concerned that he's started to like sell monkey bone off to like too much merchandise and things like this. He's like, Oh, have I sold out? Have I lost control of my character? And then he gets into an accident and falls into a coma and he goes into this dream world where monkey bone is real. And there's all of these bizarre creatures and characters around him. And then huh. he has to like escape from this coma world because while he's in the coma, his sister, his like conniving sister is going to sell away all of the rights to all of his properties so that she can cash in on the merchandise money. It's never heard of that. I don't know if it's good, but again, it's fascinating. And like the animation and the visual design of it is very skilled. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Tagline for the movie. Get boned. Monkey bone. Love getting boned, right? Yep. You, I just, I kind of want to buy this poster on eBay. It's very funny. <laughs> Brendan Fraser, Chris Kattan, a little claymation ape, get boned. <laughs> uh, just t- talking about other larger than life '90s characters. Got to shout out my boy Austin Powers. I'm going mm-hmm. to a screening of Austin Powers at the Alamo Draft House on Friday. I'm very excited. To see him in a theater. I've never gotten to. I only know him on home video. Nice. And uh, while we're talking about masks, I also. (laughs) Yeah. I I will behave. I will be quiet and respectful in a movie theater. (laughs) Yeah. Silence your cell phone. Like. (laughs) (laughs) The two part episode of Goosebumps based on the book by R.L. Stein, The Haunted Mask, about a very shy girl who is easily scared by other kids at school and she goes into some creepy new Halloween store and she wants the scariest mask they have. She's like, I'm tired of getting picked on. Give me the scariest mask and then I'm going to scare those bullies. And then she puts on this weird green mask and it gets stuck to her face and she can't take it off and she's becoming a different person. There you go. It's interesting. The, the str- Perhaps the strongest of goosebumps. It's a really lovely two-part episode. Next Halloween or anytime, please watch The Haunted Mask. Cool. Good stuff. Um, well, like we kind of mentioned earlier on in the episode, yeah, you, you, some 
some Sam Raimi Spider Me and stuff would be good recommendations that you guys can go check out. Um, I'm even trying to think of like what comic books I would recommend if if you want more of that like uh cartoony superhero city uh wild antics i would say go check out the tick uh we, oh I think, yes i think we covered the tick on the podcast season I mean, one on of what the, episode. the amazon prime version of the tick with peter serafinowicz and griffin newman we did we covered that way back on episode 97 um so yeah that was season one of the tick from amazon prime um I would uh, even think uh, Elephant Men would be a great one. It's like a crime noir slash war story, but it is it Mm. feels very much in that like same gritty 90s comics era, even though it's not from that era exactly. Um, Yeah, just uh, in some some interesting art in in the, that stuff uh even yeah if you want to get more into like pulp heroes like the phantom which you also mentioned the movie of that one or doc savage uh i, I guess that's more like a adventuring but like the, yeah, like phantom, the and phantom stuff would be in there the shadow um, the yeah uh-huh. green hornet he's green yep that's a great one um yeah, I I would recommend some of the that stuff. Um, I have seen the the first of the newer Green Hornet movies that I had. What's his name? Uh, did didn't think it was Seth Rogen. G- what do you great. mean the, f- the first of them? Didn't, didn't he, he do only two? Make one? I I, th- I I thought he made two. I like don't the think so. I. I could be completely wrong. I don't need to look would that lo- up. Who cares? I, um, <laughs> I no. I would love if you proved it to me that Seth Rogen made another Green Hornet. Okay, let me, let me see if I can look this up here. Uh, Seth Rogen. Because if he didn't, I really want to know what you're Hornet. thinking. It was. I don't know. Uh, let's see. All right, where is this Green Hornet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wikipedia. Here we go. Um location release do to do to do reception oh here we go canceled sequel uh 22 that no sequel would be forthcoming since the movie did almost 250 million and was actually very well liked but we made the movie for too much money uh one we made it in la for certain reasons and two we decided to go 3d that added another uh, ten million. Uh, yes. If I had, if I had done it in a uh, tax rebate state and not in three D, uh, it would have been considered a huge financial success. Yes, yes, yes. But it wasn't, so we're not. Yeah, now. you get a sequel is often green lit based on how successful it is not in dollars earned but in dollars earned versus dollars it took to make it so that yeah that is an interesting look behind the scenes and he's like i filmed it in the wrong place (laughs) and i had to make the thing 3d and kato had to punch you in your face and that's why (laughs) we never got a second one yeah 
Cameron Diaz is apparently all also in that one. I don't remember that movie well enough to confirm that, but according to Wikipedia, she's also in that one. Um, so yeah, if you want more Cameron Diaz in a comic book related movie, you can also you watch go. the Shrek movies if you want to watch hear her being green kissing a green man. If you were upset that she didn't put on the uh, mask in this one and that she could have uh, been green, yeah. Also, Shrek. other great green Jim Carrey performances. There is Ron Howard's Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yep. And Batman Forever, where he's not painted green, but it, he has a green aura playing yeah. the Riddler. Yeah, that, that green suit. For sure. Um, yeah, I think those are some good, good recommendations and stuff for y'all to go check out. Uh, but for next week, uh, since I had some health issues, we are recording this at a much later date than we normally do. So I wanted to make sure Melissa, uh, had enough time to plan accordingly and watch whatever we needed to watch for next episode. Uh, that being said, I wanted to go with something lighter and breezier. Uh, it's our final episode of the year next week. So I was like, let's do some Christmas specials. That's what mm -hmm. I wa wa wanted to pitch. So I found three that were uh, that I thought were interesting. Um, the first one was one that I didn't really know anything about. This was Who Killed Santa? A Murderville Murder Mystery. Um, this is that Will Arnett's, uh, improv show, uh, that I, I don't know if they're still doing that show or not, or if that was like a COVID thing or who knows what. Um, but yeah, it was, it's an improv show. They did a Christmas special on that. Um, Melissa did not pick that one. Um, my second pitch was the Powerpuff Girls. Twas the fight before Christmas, uh, which this you guys could remember. could also have uh, found on Netflix. Uh, but yeah, the girls are trying to get their Christmas lists to Santa, but Princess, one of their arch nemeses, decides that she's going to be the only one that gets to give her list to Santa, uh, and. Melissa did not pick that one. Uh, but yeah, I also was, was like, I vaguely remember that. Why not? Let's watch some power puff girls. But Melissa said no. Instead, Melissa went with pitch number three, which was Bob's Burgers season eight, episodes six through seven, entitled The Bleakening. Uh, you guys can find this on Hulu. And in these two episodes, Linda decides to throw a Christmas party at the restaurant, uh, but during which some of her favorite or ornaments get stolen. The kids suspect anti-Santa is the culprit. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I watch Bob's Burgers with my partner all the time, um, but it's been a while since I've seen these one so i don't remember exactly what happens 
Uh, and there's Melissa, a lot of Bob's Burgers. There's oh, there like is, 15 yeah. seasons or something. So I get that you don't remember something from season six. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what made you decide to pick this one here? These Bob's Burgers I, episodes. I was just thinking that I really know very little about Bob's Burgers for how prolific it has become. I think I've seen like a dozen non-consecutive episodes of Bob's Burgers across its run. I like the show. Sure. Yeah. I, I've just never like really sat down with it before. And I know you've had, you know, there's a great long experience, you two yeah. watching it. So I thought, what, you do you have a lot you can teach me. And how fun for the two. You've got that cookbook. You guys can make a Yeah, burger. I have a Bob's Burgers cookbook. <laughs> it's fun. Um. Yeah, so that is what we will do uh, this next week for the final episode of the review show for 2023. Once again, that is Bob's Burgers Season 8, Episodes 6 through 7, entitled The Bleakening. And you guys can find those on Hulu. Uh, so yeah, just a total of 40 minutes. Uh, some Christmas holiday cartoons should be fun, should be light and breezy. Mm-hmm. it'll be good um cool well yeah that being said i think this basically wraps up our podcast for the week uh once again be on the lookout for our end of the year uh grand prix uh are formerly known as our retrospective uh but our our, our whatnots grand prix uh which we will have on we'll be recording on december 17th uh, so it should be uh, fully out uh, to ev- to everyone shortly after that. Um, but yeah, should be good. Should be fun. We hope you all have a wonderful holiday season. Uh, if you are celebrating or not, or celebrating multiple hangs, uh, we hope you are. There's lots to do. Yeah, there's tons. Uh, we we hope you're safe. We hope you stay warm. Uh, and we hope you spend some time with some good friends and family, too. So We hope you stay cold if you're in the southern hemisphere. Don't yeah, forget st- stay about cool, like, Australia you know? and their hot Christmas. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Good stuff with that. Uh, and that being said, we will see you all next week. Oh, wait. I guess we should do all of our... our, our, yeah. our uh, that stuff. <laughs> Melissa, where can the people I find can. you on the interwebs? I have a letterboxed at Wilkiewit, W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. I I read more on Letterboxd than I ever post on it. So there's there's not much, but I do hope to do more. I was just about to ask, are you the newest review of The Mask on there? No, I I I have to really come up with something succinct and elegant to express. I'm not just talking to one friend. This is what's like tripping me up with Letterboxd is that if I talked about the mask or any movie I'm watching with any individual friend, I know what I'd tell that person specific to their, their tastes. Yeah. But I don't know what to just tell the world about it. <laughs> that takes a lot more thought. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, well, yeah, you guys can find me at yo Kyle Springer on social media places. Uh, if you would like to stay up to date with all the stuff that we do here at The Whatnots, we are at The Whatnots on most social medias as well. Uh, so please go like, share, and subscribe. You guys know the deal with all of that. 
if you're watching this on YouTube, please go check out one of our other videos right over there. That would help us out a ton as well. This has been number 282 of the Whatnots Review Show. We will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.